0: If you're suffering from a serious health challenge or just want to protect your good health, I want to tell you about Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract from American Biosciences. Imagine every cell in your body working at Peak performance achieving enhanced energy quality of life and optimal immune system performance more than 50 research articles in peer-reviewed medical journals describe fermented wheat germ extracts remarkable health benefits and a wide range of serious health challenges metatrol is the most potent fermented wheat germ extract ever produced and it's the only one that's gluten-free Just two Metatrol capsules daily supports your immune system, cellular health, and energy production. Rescue your mitochondrial function and optimize your energy with Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract. For more information and to order, go to TheHarmonyCompany.com. That's TheHarmonyCompany.com or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518, Eight hundred four two two fifty five eighteen. 5518 use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to talk about uh, something which uh, is in my wheelhouse and is very central to integrative medicine, uh, or is sometimes referred to as functional medicine, which is dealing with, with complex enigmatic patients. You know, uh, if you uh, run over by a truck, suggestion is you go to an emergency room uh, and get uh, expert care. And get all fixed up. These are uh, straightforward problems that can be addressed by high-tech modern medicine. Uh, But sometimes patients uh, encounter problems that lead them to go from specialist to specialist to specialist. Uh, Their uh, complaints are sometimes considered vague and challenging. And stepping into the breach is today's guest. Uh, We're reprising a visit with her because she always has a very, very fascinating perspective on complex chronic diseases she's dr tanya dempsey and she's an expert in uh, chronic disease autoimmune disorders and something called mcas mast cell activation syndrome and we talked about that with her a few months ago there have been some new exciting developments in this field uh and so we want to visit her again she uses integrative medicine to get to the patient's root causes of their illness which is what uh, this style of medicine is all about Uh, not just to ameliorate symptoms but also to uh, discover triggers and underlying causes so uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you again tanya thanks very much for joining us today
1: oh thanks for having me ron my and by doctor. the way,
0: I just might mention that, uh, Dr. Dempsey received her MD from the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, uh, bachelor's degree from Cornell University. Uh, so she, her credentials, uh, are impeccable in, in, you know, both in terms of her conventional training, uh, and also in all the additional training that uh, she has undertaken, uh, to go beyond, uh, the kind of cookbook methods that sometimes are used to treat patients with these challenging problems. So, uh, so, you know, a lot has happened since uh, I last talked to you. Uh, there's been the COVID mm. pandemic. Uh, there have been people who yep. suffer from long COVID, and they're even vaccine uh, injured patients. So, previously, the types of patients that came to see you were suffering from uh, chronic Lyme disease, chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, they uh, were uh, challenging patients, they had autoimmune disorders that uh, you know often are treated with powerful immunosuppressant medications, but uh, these their symptoms were not alleviated. Uh, and now added to the mix, we have COVID, and we have you know some vaccine injured patients, and I don't want to get to that uh, in just a few moments. But uh, your first sure. of all, tell us a little bit about your path that led you to embrace uh, the MCAS paradigm. Explain what that is.
1: Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, as somebody who was always interested in looking at the whole person, looking at all the pieces, of their their history of, of all the things that are ha- were happening to them, their root causes, right? It's sort of it, I look back, and it's sort of inevitable that I that I got to this point, started understanding those My journey really started. Um, always, always interested in in uh, a more holistic approach. Um, with my own lifestyle diet and and all that. Um, and then, um, you know, I started taking care of, you know, lots of patients who just, you know, I, I was listening to them and I was starting to see them in ways that no one else was, was seeing. And, um, and then, uh, you know, really always had an interest in women's health and, uh, Um, really sort of started concentrating on insulin resistance, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then, and I mentioned all those things because those, now that I look back, I was taking care of the same population of patients. Just I didn't really even understand that there was this one piece that was missing that I didn't understand. And that's this mast cell activation syndrome. And, and really it was one patient who I was really, really struggling with. And she was somebody who, and still, she's still somebody that I see. And, and she, you know, said, we're, you know, I'm really sick. We've got to figure this out. I, I remember one night, uh, scouring the, um, the internet, PubMed, everywhere. I said, I got to figure out why, why she's having these particular reactions, these particular symptoms. I came across mast cell activation syndrome. I hadn't really never heard of it. I mentioned it to her, she did some digging, and next thing I know, she um, she, she found out about uh, one of the, the premier mast cell specialists, Dr. Lawrence Afrin, and she said, you know, you really need to speak to him, he is the guy, and let's see what he says, you know? And I remember my first connection with him, and um, and I, I was blown, my mind was blown. And um, you know, it's interesting actually, I'll thank you and your show, for, for actually being the impetus to getting him here in my office and working with me. What happened was I was, started to become oh, interested wow. in it. I, I was collaborating with that, him, uh, talking to him.
0: I didn't realize that we yeah. were uh, I- instrumental in that because we've interviewed him, we've interviewed mm-hmm. you, and uh, we wanted to put uh, MCAS on the map. Yeah, uh, and it's so. an interesting... Yep, go ahead. It's,
1: it's, uh, sorry to interrupt, Don, but a about- very interesting story I don't think I've ever shared it with you what happened was um, I was sort of getting into this and, and talking about it I was on your podcast for the first time and somebody told him that at the time it was it must have been around 2017 and somebody told him that I was on and we had already he and I had already correct, uh, connected a number of times and he emailed me and he said kudos to you I listened to the podcast with with Ron Hoffman and you it was great it was perfect you covered everything and I was really impressed and, um, and he said, J- I just really wish that other people would embrace it the way you have and really would understand it. And, and it really sounded like he was having a hard time, um, with, uh, at at the university where he was at the University of Minnesota. And I, I think it was not, people were not accepting MCAS very easily there. So he was a little getting frustrated. And I said, I said, well, you know what? You should come to New York, uh, because <laughs> here, we have a different attitude about things, you know, and I'm really excited about the work here, and why don't you come here and we'll, we'll work together, and it was a little bit of a flippant type of type of comment, I, I just, I really you know, I really didn't know that he was going to take it seriously, uh, but he did, and I think like within a week, he was on a plane uh, wow. coming to see me, wow, wow. and we started, we started talking yeah, so it was your show that he listened to that sort of then kind of connected he's like, I want to work with people who you know, who really get this, who want to explore this who wanted to research and i said that's exactly what i want to do let's let's you know collaborate and he he um yeah within a few months he was in new york and he's been here since it was 2017 so six years yeah well
0: that's very exciting because uh, in yiddish we have uh, an expression making a shidduch and a shidduch it, it <laughs> doesn't sound doesn't sound like a very nice word but it means a match and in fact uh, you know Absolutely. in uh, eastern europe uh, you know in the old days Uh, That's how people were married off. They would have to see the matchmaker. So I'm happy to be uh, making the shidduch uh, (laughs) with you and and Dr. Afrin, uh, who, by the way, has has written a a brilliant book, Never Bet Against Occam, Mast Cell Activation Disease in the Modern Epidemics of Chronic Illness and Medical Complexity. And it, it is a... Uh, a groundbait breaking book but is so such a radical departure from uh, the medical paradigm which kind of seeks to classify diseases in a taxonomy and then for each disease they come up with a you know an appropriate usually a pharmaceutical fix uh, and what you know I, I guess you can explain what occam's razor is because it's actually a term from uh, philosophy can you explain what that is
1: yeah, well, you know, Occam. Um, I guess, I guess uh, there was a, there was a guy Occam. I think that that it was named after. But a really, no. well, we've um, we've started to use that term as a way of saying that it's a, it's basically used in problem solving, hmm. and that well, that it there cuts are, through, it uh, cuts
0: across all categories somehow. Yeah,
1: co- correct. Um, you could probably even explain it better. But if you have two competing ideas to explain one phenomena. The preference would be uh, the simpler one. So there's a simple, relatively simple explanation, or there's a, there everything can sort of be explained maybe in one way instead of, you know, sort of uh, we we used to say in med school, you know, when you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. It's sort of this along the same lines that you know the simplest explanation probably um, makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. That's how I think about it.
0: And from the standpoint of this multitude of diseases that you see, I mean, you see people with extreme chemical sensitivity, mold sensitivity. You see patients with post-Lyme disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, and now uh, post-COVID and and vaccine-injured patients. And uh, it is conceivable that MCAS is the Occam's razor that sort of cuts across, that cuts through all the classifications and may uh, offer uh, an underlying Causation and a, and a series of strategies for addressing these seemingly disparate diseases, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we think of it so obviously. Um, these patients who, who suffer with these conditions are very complex. It's multi-system, and yes, right. So it looks like it's very complex, but really, it could all be attributed to this one condition. Um, right. It sort of ties across all areas, yeah.
0: I, I saw a statistic yep. that suggests that maybe up to 17% of the population suffer to some extent or another from uh, MCAS. Now, now, there are these diseases, like yep. uh, no, definite diseases where you know that mast cells are implicated, and I think uh, the allergists and immunologists uh, recognize that uh, there's a condition called mastocytosis, but it's a, it's a rare condition, and so... Uh, right. I guess MCAS is kind of a uh, an extension of that to suggest that you know you don't have to be completely uh, hammered and debilitated with obvious symptoms to be suffering from some of those subtle manifestations of mast cell activation, right?
1: Right, exactly.
0: And what might some of them be? Uh, how, are, how 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 oh. how do you
1: identify that? um yeah well listen this is a this is a multi system condition really, so it can um it can affect every organ system tissue uh cell really in the body, and the way I think about it that way um you know when we from head to toe, it, co- it covers everything. Now, some patients will have a smattering of symptoms in different parts of the body, and, and some patients will have it more focused, maybe on a, on a couple, you know, maybe two or three systems. Um, you know, and what I would say is that if somebody has only one system involved, only one part of their body involved, it's, it may not be mast cell activation syndrome, again, because this is a multi-system, but the, but the range of symptoms is really, you know, I, I used to have slides that I used to show at conferences. It would be like, you know, many, many slides long of lists and lists of symptoms um, starting, you know, from from like the, the head, right? There's, you can have allergy symptoms, but you don't have to. But, you know, some patients have stuff that like affects the respiratory tract. Um, migraines are, are not uncommon um, or various different types of headaches, um, neck pain, back pain pain in general is is not an uncommon symptom uh which can affect really any part of the body we see different neurologic symptoms um they can be um anxiety depression uh ocd adhd but it could be neuropathies of various kinds the gi tract is is very often involved and can can really range from you know changes in bowels like constipation diarrhea Uh, It can be motility issues and trouble digesting. Um, We the the genital urinary tract involved quite often, and that would be in in women. That would be um, it could be uh, menstrual issues, uh, uterine issues, pelvic floor issues. Um, uh bladder issues interstitial cystitis that can also be uh in, found in men uh, men can have prostatitis inflammation in the prostate and and uh, various issues there and um and so really and I'm probably you know missing other symptoms uh, systems but um yeah it's really far-reaching when you think of the the different symptoms that I just mentioned um you know, Fatigue also, I should mention, is a really common symptom, uh, definitely. So, if you think about the top symptoms that bring patients into doctor's offices, right, fatigue, headaches, right, very, very common. Um, and then and then a lot of these other, you know, stomach pains, irritable bowel, these are these are probably top three, top five symptoms that, that bring people into doctor's offices.
0: Mm-hmm. And w- we learned in medical school, rather simplistically, that mast cells uh, secrete histamine. So it would stand to reason that, you know, if you have this, you know, could just take some uh, Benadryl or, you know, something and, and it should all go away. But it turns out mast cells uh, produce a whole panoply of substances that, you know, you know, act in various
1: ways. They should sure do. And I think that's actually that contributes to the complexity of this disorder. Because, um, you know, if there are over a 1000 different chemicals that these mast cells can make, they don't they don't all make a 1000 chemicals. But, you know, depending on what they're making, they're affecting the local environment that they are reacting in. And so sure, if it's histamine, you know, they're causing inflammation and, and maybe that increased histamine is causing GI issues or it's causing respiratory issues or skin issues and maybe you're itching. But, but you know, if you're releasing some of these other chemicals, um, they have different downstream effects, different inflammatory effects. So they affect the tissue differently. Uh, for instance, mast cells release uh, enzymes. Some of these enzymes can break down connective tissue. Mm. Um, so if you have... Uh, they, they break down collagen, they break down, um, they, it's, it's called elastase is one of the enzymes that they make. And so if you imagine that if it's breaking that down in, in, uh, tendons, ligaments, uh, other kinds of connected tissue, you can wind up with, uh, things like, uh, hypermobility or, or increased flexibility, or you, you might have structural problems with your, um uh, with your joints or your neck or so, um, so the, the effects, the symptoms are are due to the the mediators for the most part. And the mast cells also have these receptors on their surface. I, I think of them as antennas. They're sort of like reading the environment, reading the changes in the environment, and depending on what they detect as a change... That also will determine what happens and what kind of symptoms you get. So if there are shifts in uh, the weather, shifts in barometric pressure, things like that, mast cells can read that and then they release these various mediators and various parts of the body. And then, and then there you go with the symptom. And so, um, you know, antihistamines can still be very, very effective for a number of reasons, even if histamine isn't the primary uh, mediator, but we do have, thankfully, lots of other ways to to stabilize the mast cells and block some of the mediators that they release.
0: Ed, you mentioned a connection to musculoskeletal disorders. There's a condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is uh, poorly understood. I think we had about uh, one lecture on it in the entirety of medical school, and then it was. Uh, my yeah. impression was that it was a very rare uh, genetic disorder. Uh, but there may be a tie-in to MCAS with patients with EDS.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like you, I, I don't even know if I remember a lecture in med school. Other than maybe they discussed the impact on the heart in a subset of EDS patients. That, that I think I remember, but but other than that, it was very rare. Um, and what we're starting to understand is that EDS is a spectrum, too, um, and there's a genetic component. There's some that are genetic, and there's some people who do not have known genetic uh, mutation for EDS, but they have manifestations of it. Mm-hmm. Very often, it's hypermobility, which I mentioned, which is sort of like the the joints are... Um, Bending in you know, we we kind of say some of these people are sort of more bendy. They bend in mm-hmm. area in ways that maybe other people can't. Um, and like we, we hyper hyperextension,
0: so. you know, <clears> of <throat> the fingers, the hand, the wrists, and, you know, the,
1: or the elbows, okay. and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and uh, you know, and they, they some of them are you know wind up being dancers, gymnasts. Uh but but not always and sometimes there's very a lot of inconsistency. Like I have patients who are actually stiff in some areas of their body and actually flexible in other areas of the body. But the mast cells are in the connective tissue and uh as I said they you know, they produce these various um enzymes, they break down connective tissue, they damage it in a way, they might the, the changing the integrity of that connective tissue and so that everything is a little more stretchy or a little bit less um, uh, stable. Uh, and that's what we, we believe that some patients is, is causing that, that sort of hypermobility, EDS-like like picture. I'm sure there's more to the story, but that's the connection that I see in a lot of my patients.
0: So how do you get in trouble with MCAS? Is it is it based on Simply genetics; some people are prone to it, or are there uh, environmental triggers that can uh, bring out a latent susceptibility to MCAS in some people?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably a combination uh, of both. Um, I think. Well, we're starting to see, as, as you mentioned earlier, there was a study uh, that showed 17% of the population probably has some. Some aspect of MCAS, and that was based on a study from out of Germany by uh, Dr. Gerd Mulderings, who's really probably one of the world's true world's experts in, in MCAS. And um, so, you know, if we think about seventeen percent, you know, the question is, you know, some a lot of that is going to be genetic on some level, but we don't know what the genes are that are that are dictating this. But we definitely see. An increased uh, uh, incidence within within families, right? There's a predisposition within families for sure, um, and but but manifestations can be different, and then it really takes environmental triggers to bring it out, and usually it's some kind of initiating event. For the most part, I think that um, this sort of explains it best. There is an initiating event that sometimes is known and understood. It could be a, a major trauma, an accident, um, uh, a major stressor. Uh, it could be emotional, physical. Um, it could be an infection. You know, it could be a virus. It could be something like COVID. It could be a uh, Lyme. It could be something else. There's some major trigger that um, initiates the, the cascade, Mm-hmm. And then once the mast cells are triggered, and, and maybe they were already dysfunctional at baseline, I think this is the majority of patients, is that their mast cells, they had that genetic potential, their mast cells were not normal to begin with, but then they have a trigger um, that sort of brings them to a new baseline of, of activity, and then off. And it's a number of other triggers. They become sensitized, and then they are now they become more more reactive with each increasing, you know, exposure uh, to a trigger, um, and that can happen anywhere along the spectrum. Very often, the initiating event is in childhood, but then it takes until adulthood for it to actually present fully or or se- more severely. Um, so, the, but the environment is a is a is a critical piece, and uh, the toxins, pesticides. Um, uh, implants. I mean, there's so many things that have been implicated as uh, initiators of of MCAS.
0: Mold exposure, of course, is a big one.
1: Mold, for sure. Yeah. Yep.
0: And are you seeing, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to catch up with you is because, you know, you're gaining more experience in dealing with patients and you're maybe uh, seeing a little bit of a change in the uh, character of patients that you're seeing is that in the wake of covid uh, and in the wake of, yeah. uh, frankly, some people experiencing vaccine injuries, uh, are you seeing uh, uh, MCAS playing a role in the uh, bewildering uh, symptoms that these people experience? Is, is and I've seen some protocols yeah. uh, for long COVID that uh, ask the question: Is are you know is it a histamine mediated problem, uh, simplistically, or is it an MCAS right. problem?
1: Right. Yeah, no, I think this is a, a key piece of it. And, you know, what's really interesting is that the majority of my patients, if they had MCAS and they were well controlled, if they wound up with COVID, for the most part, many of them have fared quite well. So I think that that being controlled, their mast cells being controlled and stable, going into the infection or the vaccine for that matter, I think there's something to be said. They They do generally better. Not not a hundred percent because I think this is a complex, more complex issue. But but those that patients who did not know they had tests before and they were not well controlled, uh, they didn't even know they had to be controlled, right? And they then wound up with uh, the vaccine. Again, maybe it's the spike protein in the vaccine with this, or and the spike protein with uh, with COVID infection. Uh, that's that's maybe the driver of this. Um, but they they wind up with very dysfunctional mast cells, a lot of reactivity, and then and then that multi-system um, disease process that sort of presents itself, and so mast cell targeted therapy does seem to be very helpful for these patients. For some patients, I think it is. The answer, and I certainly have patients, I had a patient that I just saw who had uh, COVID about a month ago. This is not exactly long COVID yet, but maybe it was like six weeks ago she had Mm -hmm. COVID and she had lingering symptoms after COVID. She has underlying MCAS, but it was mild and not really needing treatment. We, We were doing a lot of other things. But then she winds up with uh, with this sort of lingering COVID, fatigue, respiratory issues, weeks after the virus is, is gone. And uh, I start her on, you know, uh, antihistamine protocol. And within 10 days, you know, her symptoms are, are, are almost 100% gone. So we see this all, you know, all the time. I think that, um, again, I think there's some complexities. There may be more to the story. But I think it's a really big piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, and that's so what percentage of patients that you're now seeing uh constitute that uh, group of people with lingering symptoms from COVID, long COVID or uh what sometimes referred to as PATH, PASC.
1: Yeah, well more well PASC, yeah, PASC. You know, more and more um we're obviously uh I am seeing more patients like that because um there's you know this population, you know, thankfully is very um um Well, they're they're invested in their in their health. They're they're reading. They're listening to podcasts. They're They're searching for answers. They're
0: they're searching for answers. Answers. And and conventional medicine uh, has not really come up with answers. I mean, they've they've actually devoted uh, a considerable part of the COVID relief funds to research on PASC, and you know, disappointingly, they've they've sort of categorized it and and described it, but in terms of uh, useful. Uh, theories to leverage applications uh, to help people, they they have come up a little short in conventional medicine.
1: They sure have. And in fact, I had a patient earlier today who was told by their doctor that they should just wait it out. Yay. Now it's like six months, yeah. six months, wait yeah. it out. It'll be, it'll get better eventually. Uh, that's not acceptable. And so these patients are looking for, for help. So I see, yes, yeah, so I see quite a, quite a, quite a few. Again, what I think what I feel fortunate about is that a lot of the patients that I've already been treating, um even if they wind up with some kind of post covid thing, they 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 we 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 already have them a little bit better control because they were, were on something at least going into it. So I think getting them out of that um is we're being more successful with that and and I'm um you know really grateful for th- for that for knowing what I know. Um, but we have a lot of patients who did not know that they had mast cell activation syndrome going into this, so that it's a much harder situation because we've got to get we've got to get the diagnosis, we've got to start to start to un- unwind their their whole whole history, and those are the patients that I think are the hardest. But they, well, we we have you know obviously a lot of great success too. Just just takes time.
0: Good. Okay. Well, in part, we're going to divide our podcast into two parts, as our listeners know. Uh, and in part two, I want to focus on uh, solutions. What are some of the strategies uh, that can be uh, taken? And I know that you use an all of the above approach. You use lifestyle approaches. They're, they're crucial. You know, you, you survey uh, not just the patient's terrain, but, you know, the environment in which they, they uh, you know, live and breathe. Uh, and But you also... Uh, in an innovative way use uh, selectively use pharmaceuticals uh, to treat uh, to treat Correct. MCAS and and I think it's fascinating because it really is a truly uh, integrative approach and it also offers uh, integrative practitioners you know learning from you uh, a whole new way of looking at some of these compl- complicated uh, disorders that you know we're we're not Doing enough to to help patients with so great stuff. Uh, our guest is Dr. Tanya Dempsey. Uh, Dr. Dempsey, uh, just give us uh, information about you. Have a, a nice website uh, for, with has which has more information.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: what where's that? I website? have
1: I have a couple of websites. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, drtanya.dempsey.com is the primary drtanya.dempsey.com. T- T-A-N-I-A, My-
0: T-A-N-I-A, right uh, not Y. Uh,
1: T-N T a n i a, correct Dempsey. D e m p s e y. My center is AIM, A i m Center for Personalized Medicine, and we, Our website is AIM center, P as in Peter M as in Mary. dot com. And then, uh, of course, I have uh, you know Facebook, Instagram. That's all under Dr. Tanya Dempsey. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I put out a lot of a lot of information, videos, uh, blogs, just like to educate and get to, get the word out.
0: Absolutely. Great resources there. And your practice is in uh, Westchester County, New York, correct?
1: Yes.
0: Good stuff. It okay. is. We'll, we'll pause and when yep. we return more on uh, how uh, we can treat patients with MCAS. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.